You are listening to the Beyond Yoga Teacher Training Podcast. I am your host, Sandy Raper. On this podcast, I will share stories and invite conversations that will help you grow and support sustainability within your yoga practice, your pathway of service as a yoga teacher, and beyond. In today's episode, I have a conversation with Jessica King on the application of yoga and mental health. Jessica King owns and operates Still Point Counseling and Wellness in Wilmington, North Carolina. She is a licensed clinical social worker who provides psychotherapy and ongoing mental health support to children, teens, and adults. She is also an experienced registered yoga teacher with over 12 years of teaching experience. About six years ago, Jessica decided to combine her training in yoga with her background in mental health by becoming a licensed mental health professional who takes a holistic approach to wellness. Jessica uses evidence-based practices in psychotherapy and neuroscience, along with yoga philosophy, to help people connect more fully to their mind, body, and spirit to feel well and whole again. In addition to working with individuals in her private practice, Jessica works with small businesses to support employee wellness and reduce the effects of chronic stress. Jessica lives in Wilmington, North Carolina with her husband, two sons, and Black Lab Magnolia. Let's listen in to today's conversation. Hi, Jessica. Welcome. I am excited to have you on today's episode and This is really going to be a great conversation, I believe, because of uh, discussing mental health and how yoga application fits into that. I think a lot of times we are quick to see yoga poses running through our minds when we think about the yoga practice and the physicality of the practice, but sometimes we may not really hone into the applications that the practice can bring to us mentally. So this is very relevant. And I always feel like uh, when there is relevance to the practice or things we're doing, then we will tend to commit and apply those more in our life. So I want to welcome you to today's episode. How are you? Hi, Sandy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm doing well and I'm excited to be here. Um, and share kind of how yoga teaching works in my life. Yeah. And with, and with mental health. So right. this is great. Mm-hmm. Yes, it, it is. It's um, a great conversation to uh, be having and you have some background, um, some longevity and this work and in the yoga practice. And I'm excited to hear about how really they are interwoven or cross over each other. So let's just go ahead and get started. And I'll just kind of segue us into kind of understanding the implementation of how, you know, yoga teaching. So you've been a yoga teacher for a while, and -hmm. then you've crossed over into this mental health support and counseling offerings and services. Um, How do you implement the yoga teaching into Mm -hmm. your offerings? Yeah, so um, my background was originally in yoga. I've been a yoga teacher for 12-ish years, yeah, 12 plus years, <laughs> and um, 
And then um, I, I had some uh, life changes, uh, moves in my life with my family. And um, I decided after being a yoga teacher for many years to go back and get my master's. Um, and I'm actually a licensed clinical social worker. Um, but I have been now a psychotherapist for the past few years and, and incorporate really yoga philosophy into what I do. So part of me, I guess, as a therapist is I, and these are going to sound like really technical terms, but we can break them down. I think that they really align with and will resonate with people that are yoga teachers, but I'm a, what do we, I would call a person-centered therapist. And I use mindfulness-based interventions to help people cope with stress and um, manage mental health symptoms mm -hmm. and also um, um, intertwine somatic processing. So that's a big word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can you expand on what that means so that the listener can understand what that is? Yeah. So person from a person-centered therapy um, model, we think that the client or the student, whoever you're talking about, we think our, that we as ourselves really have everything that we need mm -hmm. to heal and to be well, that the therapist is really only the facilitator of that. And so oh, from wow. a, yeah, from a yoga perspective, I mean, that is what we're doing, that we are trying to find that inner knower, that uh, the, the wisdom that we already mm -hmm. have in our body. And that is just really connected with by the practice that we do. So yeah, yeah that's great. Yeah. Um, so in regards to the work that you've been doing and, mm -hmm. and the um, similarities we've already discussed a little bit, mm -hmm. and you're your pathway as a teacher that kind of segued into you really developing this work that you're doing now. Mm -hmm. What similarities you've talked about some of the um, mindfulness practices. Can you uh, maybe get a little more specific of how the yoga um, applies to what you offer in your counseling pathway as well? Like I said, I think the, the, the being that um, helping people reach that own inner teacher and mm -hmm. then the mindfulness based part of it is a big movement in the mental health world. It has been, they um, often even call it like kind of the third wave in psychotherapy um, in it is around being able to um, really just do one thing on purpose at a time. So bringing our attention to one thing on purpose at a time, because what we often see when we're struggling in many capacities in mental health, but especially just in chronic stress is that we're, when we have distress, we are really focused on like future thinking. Um, so, mm. you know, what's going to happen, the worst thing might happen, you know, making up stories about the future that aren't really there. And then also ruminating in the past. Oh God, I said that thing at work. And what are those people going to think about what I said? Um, and so when we can use mindfulness, which is coming back to the present, then we can eliminate the distress that often um, propels or perpetuates mental health um, mm -hmm. diagnosis. So, uh, you know, in saying that, and with all your yoga listeners out there, they're like, oh yeah, that's meditation. That's yoga. <laughs> like we're, we're sitting in the present and being able to just tolerate the distress that comes up in our bodies and um, so what, um, yeah, and we, as a, you know, a yoga listener, someone who's already applying some of these um, techniques of mindfulness, really, in applications, mm -hmm. are there any specific um, mindfulness techniques? Uh, well, you've mentioned meditation, but probably breathing type exercises that you utilize with your clients and those that are you're working with in therapy? Are you mm -hmm. using those type of 
uh, mindfulness practices? I think there's a couple ways in which I use mindfulness. One is just like in the, like bringing back people back in the moment in the room, you know, like, mm. so when we're in therapy together, when they're in talk therapy, noticing when we've kind of left that space and we're, <laughs> we're in a story and just coming back to the moment. And that's where I start to bridge some of the body work too. So um, can you tell me what you're feeling in your body right now? Right. Because oftentimes we just get drawn away with the thoughts in our minds. So can we anchor back in? And I think that's an important mindfulness technique, which is grounding. Yes. So can I just and feel my and body? that power of leading or somebody um, where you're guiding them to understand what they are capable of acknowledging on their own and you, you know, asking those questions of what are you feeling instead of, you know, it's not us telling someone what they should feel, um, which mm -hmm. I think sometimes, you know, applying that to the yoga practice and being a yoga teacher, sometimes we're guiding so much or leading, we may not be giving enough space for them to hone in to the inner teacher within them and that ability for them to uh, guide themselves into, well, what am I feeling in, in that ownership? Sometimes that external piece, I think, mm -hmm. gets clouded where we start to instruct or tell more than we're guiding or, or teaching them to, like you already said, tap into what's really already in there for them to utilize on their own. So that's great. Um, mm -hmm. What about, uh, so those are, are great crossovers between the two and, and for people to understand how really that mental mindfulness piece of the yoga practice um, can help those connect and really drawing us back into present moment awareness. But there's, and this may get a little technical of this whole neuroscience and this ability of this mental capacity that we do have and the body has to rewire or to reorganize, to uh, create new pathways uh, of how we're going to be and respond. Um, is there anything you can share in your work uh, for us to understand better, like how that piece of how do these mindfulness practices really, what specifically do they do in the brain or to, to rewire that into mm -hmm. um, a different pathway? Yeah, a couple of things, but it is super interesting. I love neuroscience. Mm -hmm. And so, and what we are doing in the yoga practice is 100% like retraining and restructuring our nervous system. Um, and it's a couple ways. I think the, if we go back to what you mentioned with the breath, the breath is an anchor and it's grounding us and it's a mindfulness practice because we can draw us away from our thoughts and into, into what, what's happening in our body in the moment. But when we do that, we typically, when the awareness of the breath increases, we start to see that it, the quality of it also improves. So there's a longer mm. um, kind of a slower inhale, and then there's this longer exhale that happens just naturally if we bring awareness to it. Right. And what happens in the nervous system is that that long extended exhale signals your nervous system that you don't need to be in the body's stress response system anymore, that you can, you are actually safe and that you can um, your body can turn on its, what we call rest and digest or and, friend and befriend mm -hmm. um, systems of our body. We turn, those get turned on. And, um, and when we're in those spaces, it, we start, our, our nervous system is, is in, in a place. It gets to then now experience. It gets to kind of like take on that. We would not only do we intentionally become present, but now we get to actually like be in that present moment because we're not like looking 
for the next bad thing that's going to mm. happen because our nervous system's about survival and all right. it wants us to do is be safe. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's great. And not only grounding ourselves and, and, you know, uh, getting present, but truly experiencing what, um, the effects or what can wash over us in that present moment. I mean, cause I think sometimes we can hear that a lot. Um, and especially depending on how long we've been in the yoga practice, we hear this idea of present moment and awareness, mm -hmm. but sometimes depending on our experiences in the practice, we may not have tapped into exactly what is that experience. And so, mm -hmm. you know, I, my teaching has kind of evolved to like, what would happen if we slowed down, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> using that physical practice that sometimes can get real fast. Mm -hmm. um, in some settings, but slowing things down, right. To give opportunity mm -hmm. to witness, to experience, to, to embrace finding presence in a grounded space, but also noticing what happens like, Oh, noticing inside this settling that's mm -hmm. there. And I, th I think that's very empowering in regards to, you've already mentioned that mental health, uh, the component there of, of your practice, the psychotherapy of getting people to hone into what they are capable of cultivating in themselves. Yeah, that's a really good point. And, it, and I think it's worth also saying that sometimes in that slowing down, it isn't always comfortable. So mm -hmm. It's actually right. often uncomfortable. And so, but just being, a, being able to practice back to the mindfulness skills, if we have honed and really practiced that art of meditation where we can be the observer of the thoughts, mm -hmm. that now that we've layered, we start to layer on this somatic part in our body, it's that, okay, now can I witness that when I ground and I let my body get slower, that my nervous system doesn't really trust that yet. And so <laughs> it feels uncomfortable and maybe I want to get away from that. So now I'm going to I'm going to try and jump and do the next movement or, you know, distract myself in some way. But if we keep intentionally coming back to that grounded space, reminding ourselves that we're safe, that we can become the observer of that discomfort mm -hmm. and that there is what we I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, that somatic processing, because from a nervous system perspective, what happens when we are in chronic stress or we've had a traumatic event in our life is that we often um, aren't able to, um, the nervous system didn't get to like complete. It didn't get mm. to, um, it didn't get to keep us safe or let that energy move through our body. So it gets stuck and it's mm. like stuck in our body, either stuck on. So that's our doers restlessness. I got to keep achieving, doing the next right. thing or stuck off. So like, I just, I, I can't get motivated. Mm. I don't want to move forward. So in this bridge of like the physical practice of yoga to like the mental health practice, I think it does happen in that moment of um, the breath, the awareness, and then the allowing of this processing. Can I sit and be the, uh, be aware of what's happening in my body until it does settle until right. I can, can get connected to that present moment. Right. Cause you tapped on something, you know, obviously that is kind of a, can be a scary place. Um, if you're, cause your norm could be that you're, you are revved up and your nervous system is in that fight or flight survival mode, you know, constantly. And, you know, the moment we, we settle or ground, whether it's going to be a meditation practice or a, a, uh, asana practice, 
and we take that breath um, and we see, hmm, this might be the first time I've really taken a full breath today to even invite some settling and grounding, but it can be a scary place. And in you probably as a teacher like me, I've heard many times, I can't be still or can't be still. And it's, you know, a little, this hesitancy of kind of what happens if, when I do get still, what am I going to have to deal with? And, and the scary thoughts of what that is. And so that's a great piece to bring up and understanding really the students or, or the clients we are working with as to what they may be experiencing in um, those settings. And then being mindful as teachers, how to know when to guide them into the appropriate type of practice. Cause yoga is for everybody, but every practice or style, you know, in particular, maybe talking about asana practices just may not be, it may be adding to their, uh, the not getting still and them keeping, you know, keep moving on to get to the next thing, like you mentioned earlier. So, um, that's great. So have you noticed in your clients and those that are you're working with, and I, I'm not sure how much, um, how your balance between your, your counseling and your teaching yoga, I'm not sure you can expand on that. You know, how much of each of those you're doing, um, now in your career, but how, how often are you seeing it's, it's really these people that are needing to, to settle and get grounded and to experience, um, what happens when they're in that, um, or, you using yoga? Are you teaching classes now? Um, yes, I do. I, I think primarily my work is in like the counseling realm, but I, I like just the practicality of that and how that looks is sometimes all the time I'm bringing in the mm -hmm. breath work, the mindfulness, those are kind of like my intervention skills. And we do that in, um, in like in the, the therapy office, like sitting mm -hmm. on a couch. Um, and sometimes it's somatic too. So like, uh, I noticed when you just talked about that, that your, your shoulders curled over and your body became really tight and tense. What would it mm -hmm. be like if you could bring awareness to that area and open your chest? And sometimes that is like a yoga pose or something mm -hmm. that we're going to do to help. Right. Um, I also have other clients that need the settling and the grounding. So we actually do, uh, some asana practice and meditation before we ever even come into the mm -hmm. therapy office. And, um, to me, I'm able to do both of those things because I'm trained in both of those things, but there's other, um, places that are practicing this because it is getting more and more acceptable and like part of. Um, the mental health world that we need this somatic part that the right. somatic processing. So there's some places that have been able to incorporate, you know, having a yoga teacher that um, provides that 15, 20, 30 minute mm -hmm. uh, grounding practice before they come into their, right. th their therapy session. So that definitely is happening. And I think mm -hmm. a cool place to go. Um, yeah. Also teach, um, like uh, more of my teaching this day is in like a, the yoga for mental health realm, mm -hmm. whether it's teaching teachers who want to know more about that so that they are more skilled at like, you know, they're not, if you're a yoga teacher, you're not going to be doing psychotherapy, but you mm -hmm. also can know about what's coming into your class right. so yes. that you can be just more receptive and able to like offer those right. that space for those clients. So. Yeah. I'm a, a huge advocate for, um, staying in the realm and scope of what you are trained and educated in within and as a yoga teacher, but also understanding the ability for us to be an adjunct, you know, with other professionals and things that are taking place medically or, or therapy wise, 
but understanding, like you said, to understand the students better that will be coming in, not for you to, unless it's in the scope of your training and your, your certification and your skill mm-hmm. to, um, to try to, to be a therapist for them, but understanding who's coming into your classes and how, you know, your language, your, your sequencing, how, how you're moving the class, being aware of all those things. And I liked earlier, you just mentioned about you, you noticed uh, body uh, positioning and uh, the, uh, how they are in those sessions with you, what they may be taking on in their shoulders or different things like that, positions and body language. And you, uh, so to speak, use what would be, it would be yoga poses. And it's like, sometimes I think we get caught up in thinking it's this long, like, you know, 30 minutes, hour, I've got to be in this flow in and out physical practice, but that we can tap into noticing the, these one postures or these things that we could really hone in for the student to use. And, and this is just another equipping piece, like for them to, to show them how they could use that one, like, how am I seated? you know, and they can use that and they can ground it, you know, it's coming back to that. How do we equip them to hone into what they can, you know, use on their own instead of, it's good to extend out and need someone else to help support you along the way. I mean, that's great because that's the work you're, you're doing and we need that out there, those, those advocates out there helping. But also I love that you're equipping people. So it's not, you're, you're, they're not just dependent on what happens when they're with you. I'm sure they are taking with them and you may give them homework I don't know, <laughs> uh, of what to do, but I love that you kind of categorize that there could be just, it's so this long process could be this one posture that could hone into and, and how beneficial for those mindfulness practices that they can do on their own as they go um, in their life. Yeah. Yeah. And to kind of add on to what you're saying, I mean, I think it is like homework. Um, It's like, so now that you've noticed that when, you know, you get tight in your chest and your shoulders come forward, you feel depressed. You feel Mm. closed off from the rest of the world and other people. So can you notice when that's happening? And so we can all do that, right? We can Mm -hmm. notice what our triggers are. And then as we move through our world, whether we're in therapy or in a yoga class, we can notice when we're doing that and saying, I'm shutting myself off from myself and others. Can I open my chest? Can Mm -hmm. I relax my shoulders and just see what happens after that? And as yoga teachers, I think what you're talking to, like just being able to offer those cues for your clients mm-hmm. and seeing that, like that, those are the things that I think can be really supportive in them, like tapping into that own inner teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, like knowing that like in anxiety, oftentimes when you ask someone who has true anxious anxiety to take a deep breath can actually throw them into more anxiety. It can mm-hmm. make them feel more panic. Mm-hmm. So you even offering that just permissive language. It doesn't mean you need to quit, quit saying, take a deep breath if that's in your style, (laughs) but like, can you say, Oh, but by the way, some people that might not feel very good for you. So why don't you just try like breathing normally and extending your exhale a little bit, because it's that we go back to neuroscience, the inhale, just a little bit when we inhale, um, elevates our heart rate. So for people that are already anxious, it can throw them into a (laughs) panic attack but the exhale will decrease that anxiety. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think it's just like kind of learning and knowing as you grow and then being able to see your clients. Right. Well, and and we already tapped into that whole, you know, the, the neuroscience piece and this ability that we can, 
rewire and, and uh, create new pathways uh, mentally. Uh, but, you know, it can be hard work and, uh, you know, and it's kind of those uncharted territories need a little excavation and you have to keep coming back clear in those pathways and in that homework piece, you know, we have to, how, how quickly um, can I call to re to remember that I might be sitting in a posture that, you know, can I recognize when I'm driving or, or wherever I am or how I'm responding to others, mm -hmm. you know, how quickly can I recall that to, to pay attention. And oftentimes I've thought that the yoga practice is really this practice of awareness and, you know, become aware of how I'm taking up space, how I'm, you know, holding my body in space. Am I even aware of it? Like you said earlier, am I caught up in my mind in the past? Am I anxious of something for the future? And I totally miss what's happening right there in that present moment. So um, that, that homework of, yeah, this conscious, you know, can I be in a state of observation and noticing and then recall those tools that you're equipping people with to, mm -hmm. to settle into that. So we hear the, the kind of buzzword <laughs> wellness mm -hmm. a lot. And so I thought we would talk a little bit about that. You know, what, what do you feel when you hear that or um, in your, your, your work and what you do, what does wellness mean to you? Um, I do. Yeah. I, I think it's a buzzword <laughs> and I would think it's a big, you know, you could go to like, you know, is it, I think another big word is holistic. And so, mm -hmm. you know, when we look at that, it's like, you know, all the different parts, I think it's really valid because we need to be paying attention to all our different parts, you know, our mind, mm -hmm. our body, our spirit. Um, but I finally, I, I was thinking, I, th I think about it and I'm like, you know what, really when I, we're really well, when I feel really well, to me, it's, it's the connection piece that I was just mm -hmm. talking about before. So no matter what I'm putting in my life, diet, nutrition, physical exercise, meditation, mindfulness. I mean, we can get really judgy and to dewy about all those <laughs> things. Right. And I think we have to be, be in the wellness industry, be conscientious of like positivity policing and telling people you need, and you need to be always doing these good things to mm -hmm. feel well, because I think in the end, what we're striving for is connection. So like, do I feel connected to myself, to my body? Can mm -hmm. I, can I be okay with the way I feel about my body and, and, and feel grounded in it and settled? Am I connected to, to, to who I am as a person? And, and that, and, and then also connection with others connection, because um, especially in mental health, we know that that is one of our protective factors that, you know, even if we're an introvert or don't mm -hmm. like to be with a lot of, there, it, there's a piece of connection that we need with other people right. to feel well. Mm -hmm. Um, and then ultimately we get back to the spirit, but my connection was something larger. So like, whether that's your community, um, you know, a spiritual practice or nature or whatever that connection is on a larger mm -hmm. level. But I think true wellness is when we feel connected with all that and whatever the interventions are that get us there, whether it's <laughs> yoga or meditation, um, those don't really matter. They just have to, you have to pay attention to them and figure out which ones right. work. Oh, I yeah. love that. Um, mm -hmm. cause you know, this, it can seem, it can seem like a big word and then it can start to, when you start thinking about like, what does that really mean? And, uh, you can kind of get lost in the, like you said, all the to do's and this and that. And if I'm not doing this, I'm not well and, and everything. And I, I always kind of bring things back to relevance and, you know, what I'm doing in my life being relevant to it. And, uh, 
or is it continuing to be some kind of external something that I have to or something like that? And I love the connection piece because I believe, you know, we're hardwired for that. And no matter what our personality is, we want to feel connected and that helps to cultivate, like you said, that, that overall well-being and all the other little things. I mean, you know, it's just like life adjust and adapt as we go. Change is happening constantly and, and you know, we'll have to adjust our, our, our wellness uh, practices or things that we're doing and, and just keep a noticing uh, observation on those things because what worked and fit, you know, years ago may not be what you need to be about doing now and in mm-hmm. your overall well-being. So I love that. So mm-hmm. let's talk about, um, you have some longevity as a yoga teacher. We've already covered that, but our listener, if we've got someone that's soliciting that is aspiring, uh, or a yoga enthusiast that's thinking, I, I may want to step onto this pathway of becoming a yoga teacher or, or educating or getting into a program to lead towards that. What advice um, do you have for someone that is seeking that? Mm, yeah, <laughs> I think the biggest thing would be uh, just don't wait. There's not going to be a good time. Um, it, that's like everything in life, you know. Every big decision that's worth it um, and that you know is like true to like your path and what and what mm-hmm. you know you want. Uh, whether that's you know starting a family, relationships, uh, you know having a baby being a yoga teacher, it's, you just got to do it. Cause there's mm-hmm. never going to be a right time. There's never going to be enough money or enough, <laughs> like, you know, you, and you're never going to be completely like fixed or whole like that. That's part. I think that's a barrier sometimes is mm-hmm. like, I'm already in, I'm in, my, I'm still in my practice. I can't, I can't sit in meditation for 30 <laughs> minutes yet. So I can't be a yoga teacher or, mm-hmm. um, you know, I still have my own, um, stuff I'm processing. And so what am I going to be able to offer to folks? But I think that when we are real honest and authentic, that that's like what we're giving our students, that we're not like the ultimate teacher that has, you know, that has it all figured out. We're like, Mm -hmm. I'm on this path with you. And yeah, the authenticity and and vulnerable piece. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I say, just do it. Everything I've ever done in my life, including my like doing what I'm doing now has been a, okay, I don't have it all figured out. Um, and I have no idea how this is going to work out, but like, I got to take the first step. What's the next right right action? Right. Well, and kind of for your, um, from your standpoint and this, your transition, so to speak, you said kind of launched you into this, this work you're in now from a a move, um, in life. And, you know, usually some big, uh, things like that or catalysts uh, for new beginnings and things that start and, you know, a little transition uh, from uh, yoga teaching as more doing that into now the counseling. How, did you sense within, so the move took place, but did you, had you, were you already being prompted um, within your work as a yoga teacher to pursue more of that counseling, that mental health component? I'm just kind of curious as to what that process looked like back years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. And it makes me kind of happy. Like when you asked the question, I like kind of smiled. I was like, Oh yeah, I remember that time. (laughs) Um, yeah, I, so my, my first, like my bachelor's degree was in psychology and it actually was like, it, it came about like as a, well, I really like my psychology classes, so I'm going to get a major in it. Cause I had originally <laughs> thought I would go into like physical therapy or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, 
but it, it just didn't happen like that. But um, what was be, what I was being drawn to as a yoga teacher towards the end of that and right before we moved was I was seeing how how much the 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 mindfulness piece, the meditation piece, the mental health part, really what the mental health part of yoga is, was benefiting um, clients. I had clients that were saying, you know, I've spent my whole life, uh, you know, super anxious. And when I come here, I feel grounded and I'm taking that away and I'm seeing it in the rest nice. of my life. Or I had one, uh, one um, client that's like popping up in my head, almost like a mm -hmm. flashback right now. So I'll just mention it, who was struggling with infertility and came, walked into the studio, not knowing anyone at all. And I was actually pregnant at the time. And she shared later after through her journey that like, that was her first thing. She was like, I almost walked out. Cause I was like, here I am. Oh, and there's wow. a pregnant woman at the front, <laughs> but by able to offer again, those teachings of, of just like acceptance and being with your body and what is now and non-judgment. Like she had this whole experience of being able to accept what her body was able to do mm -hmm. and for her, um, you know, paths end for people in different ways. She did end up having babies and whatnot, mm -hmm. but, um, just seeing that like the, there was a lot to, um, what was happening beyond the physical yoga practice. Mm -hmm. And because my background was already in that, um, I, I knew that was just the direction I was being led to kind right. of go in. And so, when, um, when, when we did move from our location and I, I had like a moment of like, what are you going to be when you grow up, Jess? Because you can be anything now because <laughs> um, everything changed. Um, I was like, you know what? I really want to, to learn more and see. And I always knew that they were going to be parallel. Yoga was never going to leave what was right. part of my practice because it was just so integral to that. Yeah, so absolutely. It's been cool to be able to merge them. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. I'm glad that you shared that because, you know, thinking about, we just talked about some advice for aspiring teachers. I think that's good to hear the evolving and the, like you said, you, you didn't leave that. It's, it's a part of you and what you do and it will be with you and just how you have um, adjusted and applied it in just a, a different way for you. And I think that's important for the listener to hear that we can maybe go in with this mindset of, um, I, I can see it happening in, in trainees that I have just in the short amount of time of the training <laughs> program where they come in with this idea of what and what they're going to do, what they're going to be, or, you know, those kind of things. And then some have no idea, <laughs> but then some, by the time they've moved through a training uh, program experience, they've totally changed and, and uh, passions have been revealed or interests have been sparked as to how they feel they want to share the practice with others. So I wanted you to share that because that's just, an, uh, I think, an important piece for people to hear is this ability that you were able to, to transition. Uh, I think about yoga poses and I think about the transitions in and out, how important those are and to evaluate, you know, what am I going to do now? And uh, to have this curiosity and really this excitement of being able to apply this into a, just a different setting and the impact that you're making now in your community that you were making, but now even making it in a different way uh, in the community you're in now. And so um, I appreciate you sharing that. I didn't want to bypass that because I thought, gosh, you probably really want to hear that. So that kind of segues into, um, I want you to share a little bit about 
what you're up to. We've heard a little bit that sounds like kind of your daily um, or weekly type uh, interactions, but what specifically, what are you currently up to um, uh, at Still Point and, and what's going on, whatever you want to share uh, mm -hmm. so that we can know better how to um, connect with you and um, so the listener can understand that better. Oh, yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, so I am a group practice owner in Wilmington, North Carolina, and the practice is called Still Point Counseling and Wellness. Um, so I guess I'm managing that group practice. It has grown and has, um, is, it's doing really well with um, many therapists. So we're, I guess you would call us a generalist practice because everybody, every therapist that here has a different niche, but um, but we are a family practice and um, pretty much are one of, well, our vision, the vision of Still Point is to help individuals in our community in the effects of chronic stress. So we work a lot with folks that are dealing with anxiety disorders or stress-related disorders, trauma, um, and families going through big adjustments um, mm -hmm. and individuals. So I continue to manage that piece. Um, COVID, we opened, we've been open, um, well, I've been in private practice a few years, but um, the the group practice opens just a little over a year ago. So COVID kind of threw a little <laughs> bit of our group models off. I, I shifted to really focusing on being able to offer the individual mental health piece mm -hmm. for all the therapists so that we could do that via telehealth. And we can really serve all of North Carolina via telehealth, which is mm -hmm. nice. So it has expanded some things. Mm -hmm. um, but um, in the next year, I am focused on a couple things because um, it is, you know, things are going well. Um, one is is delivering groups, so more like um, psychoeducation, but also processing groups around, you know, yoga for anxiety, any yoga for mental health, um, as well as other types of mm -hmm. like kind of processing groups. So we'll be having those hopefully into the. 2021 kind of really, really take off. Um, they'll be online now. Mm -hmm. um, and then hopefully one day we'll have more energy in our, our little space. But right. Um, so are there any resources or anything, you know, from um, to support a yoga teacher that that they could glean um, or that you can give reference to whether it's, you know, something personally mm -hmm. uh, that you offer or any kind of resource that, you know, someone is interested in understanding better? Uh, how to add this into their, their teaching or just be more aware of it. So, yeah, so I do offer some of those. That, um, and so you can always kind of check out updated offerings on our website, stillpointcounselingandwellness.com. And we have social media accounts on Instagram and mm -hmm. YouTube and Facebook. So you can <laughs> find us that way. But there's also just some great resources that are out there that I, I've utilized myself that I could offer. Um, here in North Carolina, um, there is a yoga teacher, Kristen Kaveri Weber, that mm -hmm. teaches subtle yoga. Um, and so she has a lot of great online programs and also teacher trainings. Mm -hmm. um, another per two people that I've studied with a lot are Hala Corey, um, mm -hmm. and she does yoga for anxiety and trauma. Mm -hmm. And then Ashley Turner is, okay. she has a program called Yoga Psychology. And mm -hmm. all of those people are online. So yoga teachers that are looking to beef up their understanding of mental health and really be able to serve their clients mm -hmm. could reach out to those folks. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I will add um, in notes, uh, your, you know, your website and those references that you've made and, and your mm -hmm social media outlets for people to be able to explore further. But mm -hmm. I appreciate you joining me today. Uh, such a uh, relevant topic, which, you know, I believe all of them are relevant, but this, this mental health um, and wellness component and how to see it 
uh, in the lens of the yoga practice, maybe in a different way, uh, that, that mental piece and, and the power of that application that we as yoga teachers can bring into and in other settings um, and beyond that. So I have enjoyed discussing this with you today. I appreciate you taking the time to share a conversation and I will uh, make sure everyone knows how to connect with you. But thank you so much for joining me, Jessica. Thank you, Sandy. Take a moment now to rate and review the podcast. If you have enjoyed the Beyond Yoga Teacher Training podcast, then follow and then share this podcast with others. I look forward to sharing new episodes with you weekly. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. Until we meet again, remember to begin, to become, and to expand beyond.